Hello, I'm Dr. Stephanie Phillips, joined by Dr. Michelle Seawright, and we are Georgia Medicine Women. We're direct primary care doctors, and we welcome you to our podcast, where we share stories that will inspire and motivate you in your journey towards health and wellness. Welcome back to the Georgia Medicine Women podcast. We certainly appreciate your loyalty um, in listening to this podcast. Um, Today is actually our official 10th episode. Last week, we actually had a live episode and um, that apparently didn't record. So we apologize for that. Um, But it was fun. It was a a Facebook live. We We had some technical difficulties getting on there. We're, we're fi- trying to figure it out and we appreciate you um, uh, going along this journey with us, we'll say. <laughs> Where we just, we screwed it up. We totally <laughs> dropped the ball and didn't hit record. So whatever. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Um, so we're going to change gears a little bit today. We're going to be um, talking about a medical topic this time, not necessarily highlighting a doctor or interviewing anybody, but, you know, we want to make this podcast a serving type podcast. And so uh, today's um, uh, topic is on insomnia. And uh, in if you have any you know, speaking of topics on medical things, if if you want us to talk about any special medical topic, you just send us a message and, and we'll talk about it on our next podcast. Um, so with that, um, I think it is our medical mountain speak time. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I already warned you um, yeah. that you're probably, you might not get this one because it's kind of hard, but it is, I will give you a clue. It is related to sleep. Oh, so, okay. All right. So medical mountain speak, um, what, um, what is the itis? The itis. I'm going to use it in the, yeah, the itis. I'm going to use it in a sentence and, and it's spelled apostrophe I-T-I-S. All right. Okay. Itis. Okay. So, um, Oh, Lordy, I got the itis. I just ate that big Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> What's the um, itis? You, you told me I probably wouldn't get this, but my husband says this all the time. What? <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> and he, he says it in that context where he just ate a big old lunch or dinner and he just wants to go and sleep and just sort of lay around because he's feeling, you know, sort of full and lazy. Yeah, he's got the itis. I really have underestimated your countryness. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I really have. I mean, I'm pretty impressed. <laughs> your husband's hilarious, but he's I never saw him saying that. That's pretty funny. <laughs> He'll say, darling, I got the itis. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I didn't even know. I didn't even know. Oh, I'm totally making fun of him next time. I, I don't know if he listens to this podcast, but that's funny. I love that I thought you wouldn't get that and you are like hearing it every week or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever you overeat. <laughs> so basically, whenever you are glutton, you get the itis. <laughs> that's medical mountain talk for today. So we're going to start talking about insomnia. Um, we're going to talk about, so, you know, what 
causes people, this is such a common complaint. Family doctors, we deal with insomnia all the time. I bet I have every other patient sometimes, some weeks. It's just a lot. And um, especially, um, you know, with COVID and all the anxiety from that, that's kind of over. But what causes insomnia? So, um, it's multiple things. things. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, there's not just one thing. You know, for some patients, it can be one or two things, but it, it's multifactorial. I mean, um, yeah. it can be certain conditions. It can be where they are in their headspace. If they're anxious about something or worried about something, it can be, you know, a health, an, a true health issue, pain, um, sleep apnea. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Did you recently day. change your diet? Are you yep. eating a ton of sugar at night? Are you? Yep. Did you just have a baby and it cries? Like whatever. Or you had a baby and you had to stay up with the baby. Now you can't sleep. I hear that too. Right. Um, people yep. can't sleep. Even when their baby starts to sleep, they still mm -hmm. can't sleep. Or they, a lot of people have insomnia after they lose a loved one. It's part of grief. Yeah. Right? Lots of reasons. Starting a new medicine, uh, yeah, can do it. Um, uh, and being on a medicine for short term, like uh, some people have to be given a steroid, steroids like prednisone or dexamethasone, uh, those can keep you up at night for sure. And I warn my patients every time I prescribe something like that. Yeah, I always say you're gonna get the house cleaned and you ain't gonna be able to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you'll be able to breathe <laughs> or whatever. You won't have your rash or whatever yeah. you're getting it for. One thing I, in re, you know, preparing for the podcast today, I um, I always think of opioids or pain medicines as like making people sleepy, but apparently, long term use causes fragmented sleep, and that was new to me. Yeah. Wow. Something to think about because pain is so closely related to sleep. So that's just another reason not to take a long-term opioid for chronic non-cancer pain. You know, that's already right. the new recommendation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, 15, 20 years ago, we were handing those out like candy to patients. We thought that they were the miracle drugs, but more harm than good for sure, especially if it's causing insomnia. Mm -hmm. And some people will too, like drink alcohol to get to sleep at night and then end up um, long-term use of alcohol for sleep can cause insomnia. So, oh yeah, that's another one, which we know that. And I noticed sometimes mm -hmm. if I have one glass of wine, um, that I don't sleep as well, uh, that night. Like I, I may, it just may be me, but like sometimes I'll wake up with my heart sort of racing or something like that. Um, after just one glass of wine. Huh? Yeah, some people drink wine and says it helps them relax and sleep. Right. But a lot of patients who do that, two years later or three years later, they'll be like, well, I can't sleep now and my wine isn't working and I'm drinking three or four glasses and it's still not working. I'm like, well, it's that's what caused the insomnia. Yeah. Is the alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, and making sure pa patients don't have a medical reason. So sleep apnea, if you're fatigued when you wake up, restless leg syndrome is a good cause of insomnia. I always have patients, make sure, you know, you talk to your doctor about getting your iron level checked. If you kick your legs a lot in the night, sometimes iron being a little bit low can cause that. Low vitamin D also yep. can cause, is linked to, um, uh, I don't usually check vitamin D levels routinely, but I will for patients with insomnia. Mm -hmm. um, 
So, yeah. And also some patients, you know, is there a reason you can't sleep? Well, I can't sleep because I have to pee like 50 times. Well, that yeah. maybe we need to treat your prostate problem or your bladder problem. Yeah. Um, I was going to say that's, that goes for males and females um, as far as the bladder dysfunction at night. You might need to call Dr. Seawright for her machine. For <laughs> bladder. What is the thing called again? I want to make a, like, a little tune. Empower RF. Empower RF. Yes. Treatment. Oh, I love that little probe. If you have a bladder problem and you are a woman, go and see her at Whole Heart Wellness right now. <laughs> um, all right. Plug over. So, <laughs> um, what else are we, yeah, that's pretty much the cause is that the big stuff that causes insomnia, but, um, yeah. talking about treatment, how, what do you tell your patients first thing, Dr. C, right? So what I first do is I, um, <laughs> is I, okay. I kind of see what they do on a routine. So a kind sure. of a history. So I say, you know, do you go to bed at the same time every night? Um, do you nap during the day? Um, you know, does it make you anxious, you know, trying to go to bed um, because you're afraid that you're not going to not going to have any sleep because this is a chronic thing for you. Um, but mainly I, I do talk about um, things that they can do on their own before, you know, trying any sort of medicine, because the most natural sleep, natural sleep is the is the best sleep. Medicated sleep is is not Right. And it's not something that you, we, you know, you want to have to, to do for the rest of your life. So sleep hygiene is the term that you're talking about. So making sure patients are going to bed at a reasonable hour um, and not trying to go to sleep at 8, 8 p.m. They're going to sleep at 10 p.m. when their body's naturally starting to feel sleepy, making sure yeah. you're not eating in your bed or hanging out in your bed all day, that it's just for sleep and sex. Um, yeah, and that's what I... I was going to say, um, I had somebody, I guess in medical school or residency say the bed is, is like for four S's sleep, sex, uh, sickness, and it might be just the three S's, but, it's, uh, but anyways, I, I thought that was, that was a fun way to remember that. Yeah. That's catchy. I love it. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I feel like when I'm sick and I lay in bed all day, I can't sleep. And I, even oh, yeah. if I didn't nap, like I just can't sleep when I'm in bed. So I try to like get up and go to recliner or couch or something when I'm sick. Cause I can't lay in bed all day and then actually sleep at night. Mm -hmm. so I see where that comes from. Yeah. Um, so yeah, trying to make sure that you're maximizing your sleep hygiene is the first step to treating your insomnia. So not working out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not uh, working out for two to three hours. Um, hard workout before bed because you know, your heart rate gets up and then you get hot. Uh, making sure your room is, you know, at a cool temperature um, and it's dark. There's no lights, which also means those cell phones, that TV, that TV in the background is not keeping you asleep. It uh, That light from the TV is messing with the melatonin that your brain naturally produces. Um, a sound machine might help, but um, the, the light from the TV is actually impeding your sleep. Right, because the light, your body thinks it's daylight. So it's not secreting melatonin, which helps you sleep. So good stuff. Um, so the first step to treating insomnia, you know, if I'm, first of all, we're making sure it's nothing, you know, like that we mentioned above, no medical cause, no real reason for the insomnia. And so 
looking at treatment, the, the, the American Academy of Sleep Medicine and all these people would say the number one treatment is CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy. Well, that's great. Cognitive behavioral therapy, um, really works. Um, but it takes a lot of work, you know, that's one of the things that it's not going to be a quick fix, right? You have to pay a lot of money for it and you have to think about what is happening. And that's what cognitive behavioral therapy is. It's a change thinking. Um, so you have to work on it and put a lot of effort into your insomnia treatment to get better with CBT. So a lot of patients don't want to do that or they don't have the, the resources. They don't have the money to pay for that. That's a, that's a thing. Um, yeah. So that's a really hard one, but I do have a book I recommend to patients. It's kind of like CBT. So it's cheaper than CBT if you don't, can't afford the therapy. Um, it's say good night to insomnia by Greg Jacobs. Um, he's a sleep, um, psychologist from Harvard. And it basically goes through all the things that they would cover in CBD or C- not CBD, CBT <laughs> for insomnia. Um, it talks about sleep diaries and, um, so like logging how much you sleep and when you sleep, when you fall asleep, when you wake up, um, trying to see if it's a certain time of the night, do you have nightmares? So you kind of log things you eat to try to connect certain things without like, so if you eat the certain food, it might cause you to have a bad night of sleep. Some people associate like chocolate with bad sleep or nightmares. That's an old wives tale, but, um, so that's kind of a good book to look at if you're trying to treat your insomnia. I have it in my patient library. It's checked out right now, but, um, it's a good one. Yeah. Do you, I actually had never heard of it until this podcast. So we're learning together, um, medical and how to do a podcast. <laughs> um, I know, right? Well, uh, how many pages is it? Is it a quick, sort of a quick read? Yeah, it's little, it's little, it's a couple hundred pages. Yeah. It's, it's a quick, it's something you could read in one night, really. That's awesome. Um, it's a little handbook kind of thing. It goes through different things you can do. And, um, it's got a lot of tips in it and behavioral change stuff. Um, yeah. I really like, yeah. So it's a six week program. They, you know, they advertise that it works for everybody, but it doesn't, I mean, nothing works for everybody, but it's definitely something to think about, especially if you're trying to um, get better and you can't afford that. Therapy is so expensive. It's um, cost prohibitive for a lot of people, but it's worth it for a lot of things, um, Mm -hmm. especially insomnia. So I think insurance is starting to get on board with mental health and and therapy. But I think there's a lot um, that needs to continue to change. And, uh, you know, the ball's rolling, but I think it, you know, there's a lot that can be done still. I think insurance and patients both want a quick fix to everything. That's true too. You know what I mean? I I, know I'm not, I'm not complaining about my patients. I love my patients, but patients want to peel because that'll get them to sleep the quickest, but that's not really the answer to insomnia. And so I think a lot of patients get frustrated if they come to you and they're saying, I can't sleep and you're just giving them things to do or read versus peels that, because we want to stay away from peels in this case. We want to, we want you to be well and have wellness in your life. And that's not, that means not getting on a peel, but sometimes you do need a peel. If it's short-term insomnia, if it's a point where you can't sleep to, to where you're like not functioning, yeah, you need a peel. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes patients do need pills and they need to be on them chronically. And I understand that. And I have a lot of patients that are on chronic insomnia medication and we will keep them on it because they need it. 
but right. it's not the first lot, right? That's right. So I have to have a disclaimer. My doctor was on there talking about sleeping pills. <laughs> so let's talk about pills. The sleeping pill out at the grocery uh, store or the, the pharmacy. Oh, it's Lord. Overwhelming. There's, there's so many. There's lots things. of like, sleep aids. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to look at the actual content. So a lot of them have Benadryl. Benadryl is a big no-no. Do not ever use Benadryl um, or diphenhydramine um, to help yourself sleep because it it can cause insomnia. Um when used chronically for sleep and it's really, it's actually a very high risk drug for elderly people, especially um, do not ever give elderly people Benadryl unless they're having a death reaction to something allergic. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's just, it's not safe to take chronically at all. So that sleeping pill. Out. And so what I always usually recommend is melatonin first, like a low dose melatonin. And I, I did some training with a sleep specialist and he always told me to always, have the patient take the melatonin two hours before they lay down to go to bed. So don't go to bed until you start to feel sleepy. But if you normally lay down at 10 o'clock, so you take it at eight. Yeah. So time you lay down at 10 o'clock, it's going to kick in and you can sleep. And higher is not always better with melatonin. Some of the lower doses are fine too. That's good to know. Yeah. yeah that's the first I thing that I, I recommend too is melatonin. If we're, if we're starting something for sleep. But there's other medicines, there's different classes of medicines, uh, doxepin, Ambien, Temazepam, Trazodone, and PTSD patients. Also, CBD and THC has really good data for sleep at the 25 milligram dosing. Um, we've talked about CBD already on this podcast. Um, we talk about some Ambien deaths. Ambien has a black box warning. Yep. So what is a black box warning? What does that mean? Black box warning is any medicine that has significant uh, dangerous side effects. Yeah. So we have to tell patients this is a black box drug, um, which normally you'd think to yourself, why are you prescribing it if it can kill me? Well, it's because patients have already been on it and they, they, uh, there would be a, a significant risk to certain patients to not be on it. Um and so they don't take it off the market for those reasons. They just issue the warnings for people who are already on them. And so the you just safety, have to, we just thought, go ahead. Like the safety and efficacy with the FDA has been proven, but in the post, you know, when sh- post studies um, or uh, after the medicine is on the market and more people have taken it, maybe you're saying it's da- you know, dangerous for certain uh, certain. Uh, I don't know why I want to say communities, but certain um, populations, populations of patients. Yeah. Yeah. So we not necessarily enough to take it off the market, Yeah, but it's risky. So, uh, you know, we always, anytime I start a patient on Ambien, which is very, very rare, I'll tell them about these black box warnings and it's only a certain type of patient that needs Ambien. It's something that you have to talk to your doctor about um, to see if you meet criteria for Ambien, but Ambien is a very dangerous drug and um, it's a class of drugs. So Lunesta, Sonata, all those types of medicines are in the same class as Ambien. And so I thought it'd be kind of interesting to look at um, some of the deaths that um, are happening. So one person actually, um, one person slept, like sleepwalked. So I guess walked around and even though they were completely, 
I guess had taken Ambien and um, walked out the door and froze to death outside. Fell asleep while asleep. I guess they saw him on a video around the house and they were just wandering around outside and they looked like they were sleepwalking and just died. Um, Yeah, it's horrible. Um, People have walked out of windows from high rises and just fallen to their death. Accidental poisoning from like going around the house and drinking like um, cleaning right. fluid. I mean, it's just crazy stuff that you wouldn't even think. People don't even know what they're doing on Ambien. Mm-hmm. Um, so people have used it on social media <laughs> to <laughs> give an excuse. Who, who are you saying that what was that said that she was right. taking Ambien? So that's why she's in bar. She she yeah. made um, some off the cuff comments and blamed it on Ambien. Yeah. Yeah. But it's actually like a legit thing. So, um, yeah. So those are very dangerous. I mean, you hear the funny stories of people raiding the fridge and wondering who ate the pie, but like, you know, falling to their death or drinking cleaning fluid. That is, that's really scary. Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's, man. Anyway, something to think about before taking Ambien for sure. Um, but yeah, there's all there's all kinds of stories online of people um, ordered stuff on Amazon or just weird stories like the kitchen being all messed up and and that kind of thing. So, but I hope that this has been helpful for people. You know, talking about insomnia. So yeah, I hope so. I mean, certainly ask your doctor, talk to them about, um, you know, what treatment would be best for them. Everybody could benefit from the cognitive behavioral therapy. I think, I think of it as like a sleep coach or just a coach in general for whatever, um, you know, anxiety or depression that they're dealing with um, to help them sort of reframe their mindset. And um, that book is a huge resource. I think Yeah, as long as you do the work that they recommend, I feel like it would help a lot of people. All right. Well, tell your husband not to get the itis later. (laughs) Okay. I can just see him like laid back rubbing his belly like I got the oddest. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happened. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening and tuning into our podcast this week. We really appreciate it. And um please go to our um wherever you listen to podcasts, definitely rate, like, review. Um, leave those five stars for us. That helps us get the word out about our podcast. And um We just appreciate everything and check us out on Facebook, um, Georgia Medicine Women. Um, We're also on Instagram at Georgia Medicine Women. And you can also email ideas, different things you'd like to hear about um, from us at Georgia Medicine Women at gmail.com. It's been an awesome time. Thank you, Dr. C. Wright. (laughs) Thank you. I'll see you next week. Have a good week. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.